Good evening. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special welcome to any guests or visitors we have on this, well, kind of a cool, unseasonable uh, summer evening that we have here as we gather to celebrate the ascension of Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is probably one of the, the greatest events in the life and ministry of Jesus that is at the same time most misunderstood or that we speak about least, and yet it is cause for great celebration, as we will, as we will hear tonight in our readings and also then in the sermon. And I'll ask you to pay special close attention to the words also of our hymns as they are excellent teaching tools as to why it is that we celebrate this great and glorious occasion where we know that a man who is also God has gone ahead of us and sits on the throne of the God and he will one day welcome all those who believe in him right there to be with him at his side for eternity in eternal joy and bliss. Our service this evening is Vespers as it begins on page 229. And the first hymn that we'll sing is a processional hymn, so at this time I will ask you to please stand. The Old Testament reading for the ascension of our Lord is from 2 Kings chapter 2. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to the one side and to the other, till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the waters, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from Acts chapter 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, blessing God. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our risen and ascended Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The texts which are the basis for our sermon this evening are from Acts chapter 1 and the Gospel, Luke 24. The ascension of Christ is a major celebration in the life and ministry of Jesus. We confess the ascension in each of the three ecumenical creeds. Each of the hymns we are singing this evening is about this very event. And in just a few minutes, we will sing and confess on Christ's ascension, I now build the hope of my ascension. So what gives? Why is the ascension of Jesus Christ such a big deal? How does this event impact every Christian now and in eternity? Well, let's dig into the scriptures and find out, shall we? In the Epistle and Gospel lessons before us today, the eleven watched as Jesus departed from them. St. Luke tells us that he was taken out of their sight, and that while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. You know, when you think of all that these men had witnessed as they lived alongside their Lord and Master for three years, this was likely a difficult moment. In fact, St. Luke reveals the confusion of the disciples when they ask Jesus this question, Lord... Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? You see, even now, having appeared to them for 40 days after his resurrection, the disciples, they still do not fully comprehend all Jesus had accomplished. Therefore, before he was taken up, Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. 
You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then Jesus blessed them and ascended to the right hand of the Father. Now, you would expect that the disciples, they would, well, probably be disturbed by this. After all, Jesus is gone, right? But what does the text say? It says, And they worshipped him, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple blessing God. Did you catch that? They were joyful. They were continually in the temple blessing God. Now, why this great joy? What is there to celebrate Well, we're going to continue exploring that. First of all, we need to recognize that Christ's ascension to the right hand of the Father is part and parcel of why Jesus took on flesh and came to save us. This is why Jesus tells the disciples, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets, in the Psalms must be fulfilled. When Christ ascended, he did not return to heaven in the same way as when he was born of the Virgin Mary. When Christ Jesus took on flesh and was born of Mary, he came in great humility and great meekness. Jesus willingly submitted himself to the Father's plan of salvation. Now we call this Christ's state of humiliation, or that is his state of great humility. Everything Jesus did was for our benefit. When he did display his divine power as the Son of God, it was for the benefit of someone else. Now, Jesus, he did not draw, him, draw attention to himself so that he could get more followers on Instagram or TikTok. He wasn't concerned with how many Facebook friends he had. Jesus came in great humility to save us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. And God be praised, that's exactly what he did. So, what changed? If Jesus did not return to heaven in the same way he came to us, what happened? Well, in short, the cross and empty tomb happened. Remember, he said, everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Jesus was born in humility, but he was raised up in glory on the cross. Now, according to human thinking, the crucifixion of Jesus looked like the ultimate defeat. And yet, this was truly Christ's great victory and triumph as he proclaimed on the cross, it is finished, it is accomplished, it is fulfilled. On the cross, Jesus crushed the head of Satan, dealing a mortal wound to the old evil foe. By his death, he defeated death. By his three-day rest in the tomb, he made holy the graves of all the saints. And at his glorious resurrection, Jesus revealed to the world his triumphant victory over sin, death, and Satan. Jesus fulfilled what was written concerning him in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. As the ancient Easter hymn confesses, Christians to the Paschal victim, offer your thankful praises. The lamb, the sheep, has ransomed. Christ, who only is sinless, reconciling sinners to the Father. Death and life have contended in that combat stupendous. The prince of life who died reigns immortal. You see, the death and resurrection of Jesus changed everything. Christ fulfilled the promises concerning himself in Holy Scripture, and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. Therefore, when Christ ascended into heaven, he did so as the risen and glorified God-man. I mean, think about it for a moment. A man has destroyed the chief power of the devil. A man has conquered death. A man has put away our sins. A man ascended into heaven and sits on the throne of God. 
A man carries our prayers to the Father, ever and always interceding for us, and his name is Jesus. Everything God promised to do in the sending of his Son, he has accomplished and he has fulfilled. Your salvation has been won. Your forgiveness has been purchased. And your enemies, death and Satan, they are defeated. This is the reason for the disciples' joy, and it is the reason for our joy also on this evening and throughout all our lives. We celebrate the ascension because Christ Jesus, our great prophet, priest, and king, has accomplished the world's salvation. He lives and he reigns for you. So then, what does this mean for all of us? That is, what does it mean for God's people who are still in this fallen world? Well, no matter how much the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh assault us, they are defeated. Satan cannot snatch you out of Christ's grip. You belong to God. He chose you in baptism, and you are his. We also must remember that Jesus is still with us in real, tangible ways. Sure, we cannot see him standing before us like the disciples did, but we have something better. We have his holy word. We have the washing of holy baptism and his holy supper. We have the absolution of Jesus. You see, Jesus, he speaks to us in his word, and he preaches to us and teaches us through the office of his ordained pastors, and he absolves us of our sins through the same, by the power of that same holy word. In baptism, Jesus joins us to himself. His death and his resurrection and all that he won for us is ours, even heaven itself. So also in the Lord's Supper, Jesus gives us himself, his risen and ascended body to eat, his risen and ascended blood to drink. And in this holy meal, he gives us pardon for sin, peace, which surpasses all understanding, strength, and eternal life. You see, in his word and sacraments, Christ is truly present with us. His disciples, they knew this, and it gave them great joy. And in the same way, Christ's presence among us by his chosen means gives us great joy as well. You see, this is the meaning to the words that we sang at the beginning of the service. Be now our joy on earth, O Lord, and be our future great reward. Alleluia, alleluia. Then throned with you forever, we shall praise your name eternally. Alleluia, alleluia. Dear saints, in your day-to-day -day lives, know that Christ is with you and he is for you. And it's not in some unknowable, ambiguous way. He is with you in his word and in his sacraments, just as he promised. He has given us of his Holy Spirit to comfort and console you. And the same Holy Spirit who brought you to faith by means of water and the word will keep you in the faith by that same word of God. The Spirit will cause you to remember the word and promises of Jesus. The Spirit will continually help you to pray, even and especially if you're not feeling it. In your daily struggle against sin and the lies of Satan, know that in Christ Jesus, you have a great high priest who sympathizes with you in your weakness. Jesus has been tempted in every way as you have, and yet he is without sin. By his cross and empty tomb, he has overcome sin, death, and Satan for you. Your enemies, they lie on the ground defeated, and you stand with Jesus victorious. As your ascended great high priest, he prays for you before the Father, even as he also strengthens, comforts, and forgives you in his word and sacraments. How can a man do such things? Because Jesus is true man and true God. He is your living, risen, and ascended Lord. He is your God and your King. And he is for you and with you to the very end of the age, just 
as he has promised. Therefore, when you suffer, and dear saints, we will suffer in this world, know that the sufferings of this world are temporary, and they are not worth comparing to the eternal glory that waits for you in heaven. Remember also that Christ has suffered for you, and he has defeated death, and he has thus transformed death into the portal of life for all who believe in him. And when you are hated in this world for being a Christian, know that this world hated Christ first, and that Christ has overcome the world. When Satan rubs your sin and your shame in your face, spite the devil and confess the victory of Christ crucified and risen from the dead, for in doing so, you will rub the devil's defeat in his face. Jesus is risen and ascended to the right hand of the Father. He lives and reigns over all things as your eternal King, and he abides with you in his means of grace. And he will come again on the last day to take you to himself in the everlasting joy of eternal paradise. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which passes understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our risen and ascended Lord. Amen. Almighty God, as your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, ascended into the heavens, so may we also ascend in heart and mind and continually dwell there with him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. O Lord, since your Son has gone up with a shout and the sound of a trumpet, ascended in triumph and is seated at your right hand, so open our lips to sing praises to our King, rejoicing and living in the truth of his victory for us. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, your Son has commanded us to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Bless the proclamation of your church that many may believe, be baptized, and be saved. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, you gave Elisha to carry on your prophetic ministry when you took up Elijah to yourself in the whirlwind. You have given men to carry on the ministry of your Son among us when he ascended on high to your right hand. Pour out his Spirit upon Matthew, our Synod President, Lee, our District President, and all pastors, that they may faithfully minister to us for Christ's sake. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, you raised your only begotten Son from the dead and established him at your right hand, so that we might be part of your household forever. Bless our homes as we await our day of resurrection. Be the, the companion and consolation of those who live in solitude. Strengthen husbands and wives so that their love exemplifies the love between Christ and his church. And bless parents and children as they gather around your word. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, since your son will shatter kings when he executes judgment on the nations, keep Joseph and all our leaders from acting in ways that will earn them his wrath. Bless them with wisdom to govern us in accord with your righteous ways. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, we implore you to look mercifully on this fallen world. We face war, shootings, and other acts of violence. Have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and give us abiding hope in your victory over sin, death, and the devil. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, as believers in your Son's name, we call on you to deliver Ron Lyon, Ron Gibson, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, and all who suffer in our midst from sickness of body and mind and every other power of the enemy. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, keep us from hardness of heart and unbelief, 
Help us by your spirit to believe the witness of those who saw your son after his resurrection, that we may joyfully recline at table with him to eat his body and drink his blood in a worthy manner. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Again, good evening and welcome and a blessed Ascension Day to all of you. Uh, just a, a note here, feeling a little under the weather today. I'll still greet you at the door, but I won't blame you at all if you don't want to shake my hand. Uh, but just let you know. And otherwise, uh, we look forward to this uh, weekend where we have what will be the final Sunday in the season of Easter, Exaudi Sunday. Before then, the following uh, Sunday after that being the Feast of Pentecost. So we look forward to these coming days with great joy. I'll greet you at the door.